0: You're listening to the Apple Insider Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Apple Insider Podcast. I'm Victor Marks, and joining me is the wondrous William Gallagher.
1: Yeah, I can tell you what I'm wondrousing about this time, it's whether I can dare ever speak to you again after last week and what you did was that good that that was that was
0: excellent i'm i'm really pleased with that what i want to say about what i did last week
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's a good thing you did in in most respects but okay
0: what what i did last week was i i got equally some of the worst feedback we've ever gotten on a show and some of the best feedback we've ever gotten on a show. Oh, right. And I especially want to thank our listeners who who raised the accessibility issues to me and mm. followed up with feedback and comments about upon accessibility in iOS and the problems that they face. And it's it's really difficult. You know, there there are people who obviously should have all the same access to, to both the device and all the things that the device grants access to the internet, social media, um, texting, messaging, communications. There's, there's a huge world out there. And if you don't have a device, you are cut off from it. And it's, it's Mm. easy for people who don't have these, these challenges to forget. And you know we, we talk about people loading government services onto devices or or you know just go to Facebook or things like this. But if you don't have a device that has accessibility, if you don't have the ability to access this kind of stuff, it's a real problem. And you know there are ma- there were major bugs in VoiceOver where VoiceOver would stop copying completely after having been on a phone call. Uh, in years past, Braille users of, of displays would lose the ability to type or read on their displays. And there have been some really serious bugs with almost every release of iOS over the past few years in accessibility. So this is, this is a really pro- a big problem because when you have these sorts of problems repeatedly.
1: Um, how about if I may, you were talking about the accessibility things. I have a, a slide out of that that might be uh, useful. Can I bang on oh, with please. that, or yeah? Do you need me to?
0: No, no. Okay. So please go ahead and talk. I'll, I'll I'll let you speak about accessibility. I think we need to focus on this a little bit.
1: Okay. Well, gotta say, actually, this all uh, makes the thing I was about to accuse you of seem. Seeing- quite trivial and, and silly in comparison. I, I, I'm i long been aware of accessibility issues as well as one can. I mean, intellectually, one expects that one knows about accessibility. It's only when you actually need it that you really appreciate it. But for so many years, in so many ways, I've been deeply impressed with what Apple has done. So the fact that it's now going wrong, and, and you say going wrong over some time, that's, that's even more disappointing than it not being there in the first place.
0: For years, we felt comfortable talking about accessibility, and for years, we talk, felt comfortable recommending uh, Macs because they just worked. And this this is a real difficulty, uh, especially when people can't have the confidence that they need that their device is going to work right. You know, an example of a a, a bug is Bluetooth hearing aids, where the audio handling is such that when a, a user has hearing aids paired voiceover how sounds still come through the speaker. We have difficulties and, and these have to be better addressed and bug reporting has to be better addressed. You had some thoughts about accessibility, William. Yeah, uh, it, not very
1: useful ones. I think actually intellectually one is always very aware of uh, accessibility, but you, don't, you can't ever really understand it until you need it. But given my position over the years, I've been very impressed with Apple and how it's uh, seemingly done far far more about accessibility than anyone else so actually now you tell me that it's going wrong and has been going wrong for quite some time that's that's probably more disappointing than it not being there in the first place
0: yeah i we, we are going to spend some more time on this i am really going to um, live with voiceover and try and interact with with it as as best i can yeah because you know imagine that you were a a technology director at a school and you were trying to make sure that your your systems were all set up for accommodating students with these needs and so you're testing this stuff out and having to live with it and finding how much goes wrong it's really a difficult thing i mean having to make this your main device instead of a beta device right and one of the things i'm most concerned about is that there's you know reporting bugs and giving feedback to Apple is hard enough as it is for, you know, t- typical users that that have all, all of the uh, the abilities that Apple might or anyone might assume. And uh, it's it's just uh, boggling to me how on earth people with these needs are able to report bugs at all. And n- yeah. not that, you know, with, with broken tools getting in the way, I mean.
1: No, I understand. It's just, it's just an entire world. So yes, we should dig into it. I'm just ever more conscious. And the thing I was going to talk to you about is really, really trivial. So maybe I'll just leave that and next time say to you what you did two weeks ago. God, how's that? So there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good word. So there. Yes. So
0: there. Right.
1: Qualcomm. Remember Qualcomm? Really thought you'd press me on what you did last week, but okay. Qualcomm. Yes. Yes, heard of them.
0: Qualcomm had their investor conference call with their big earnings reveal. Yes. And they said that 2020 is going to hold two inflection points, that's the quote, for 5G chips. So the first major development for 5G will be the spring launch of handsets from folks like Samsung and other Chinese manufacturers, things like this, right? Mm
1: -hmm. I didn't know that, but it makes sense, yes. Mm -hmm.
0: Fair. A second inflection point will arrive... Quote, in the fall time frame when another set of flagship devices will adopt 5g end quote Yes Where are you what do you suppose what, 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 what kind of device launches what flagship device launches in the fall?
1: No, you don't you don't mean no, you can't mean 5g coming
0: to airpods. I I can, but I don't think that that's a 2020 thing. Uh, okay, shot in the dark,
1: play the hunch. What what else could it possibly be? I
0: what? I would say that would happen to Apple Watch before it would ever happen to uh to AirPods, but I think AirPods are, are going to one day get it. Okay,
1: AirPods are on my mind for reasons. But okay, wh- what do you I presume iPhone, then in which case this is shocking news. Apple yeah. iPhone will have 5G from Qualcomm. Qualcomm.
0: in 2020, okay, which is something we've been saying all along, but this is the first time that the CFO of Qualcomm has confirmed it. Oh basically you're
1: okay. And uh, now
0: now this Qualcomm CFO didn't name iPhone, right? Yeah they just noted they just made note that by the way Apple and Google typically introduce new smartphones in fall in lockstep with an annual release cycle.
1: Yes and I don't know, if you know why we bring that up at this point when we say we're about to look yeah. No. yeah.
0: Two no. two inflection points, one in yes. the fall for flagship devices and by the way Apple and Google release in the fall. You may think so but I couldn't possibly comment that kind of thing.
1: Yes, okay. Exactly.
0: You might <laughs> you might draw that conclusion, but I couldn't possibly comment.
1: All right. <laughs> I remember when Qualcomm was all who's suing who and all this stuff, but this is more interesting. I like this. This is better.
0: Mm Hmm. And uh, CEO of Qualcomm, Steve Mollenkopf, said in an interview that his company's been tapped to provide 5G silicon to over 230 device designs. That's up from 150 devices last quarter. Okay.
1: How many iPhones are there going to be?
0: Well, obviously that's not all iPhones, right? There are other phones available? Samsung and Huawei would like you to think so. Google certainly has a Pixel phone that they advertise. They may have sold a handful.
1: Okay, I've f- vaguely heard about that. All right,
0: I thought you might. Yeah. Okay. Now, Not good. Uh, currently, the iPhone—you know, for the past two years—the iPhone and iPad lines have been using Intel's chips yes. for the uh, the modems. This is a return to Qualcomm. the The projection is that Apple's going to be working on their own five G modem for use in an iPhone around twenty twenty two. Mm-hmm. And further, that once they have that sorted out, they could, in 2023 or so, integrate that into the CPU, into the A-series system on chip. Okay. Yes. I'm following this. There's not, not a whole lot to follow. It's just this is this is the direction things are going in. Oh, right. I thought you were building up to something else. And I was just nope, holding nope. the I built in it in my head. Oh, okay. Nope. Mm. Nope. That, yeah. that was that. Oh, well. Well in that oh, case well, I now think said. last
1: week's thing was more interesting, but you know, you don't oh, want to know. So you Oh go on, let me tell you. Because it was your fault, <sighs> and I blame you. Fault. I have I bought Apple AirPods last week because of you. Yeah.
0: I Congratulations, and I don't see how I'm responsible.
1: You made some crack about how if I got them I'd have the set, all three versions. And I started thinking, yes. And that'd be interesting to compare them all. Was I uh, incorrect? uh, No, you were fully correct. It just hadn't entered my head before. And clearly I'm a completist um, because I pretty much straight after that podcast, I went out and spent more money than I should have done. I
0: I want to tell Angela that I am not responsible for your (laughs) use of finance. Okay.
1: I'll make sure. Just
0: because you abuse your bank account has nothing to do with me. I couldn't possibly comment.
1: Okay. But uh, amongst the the general blame I'm sending away is also thanks because I love them. So thank you very much. Yes.
0: Well done. Well
1: done. But that was last week. What has Apple done for us this week?
0: You know, that's a great question. Apple has gone ahead and made health records available to veterans across the United States. So all U.S. veterans eligible for VA health care are able to access their health records in the health app. Yeah so that that follows a summer long trial and the va joins johns hopkins university of california san diego quest diagnostics all scripts um unc uh, duke um, people participating in some some of the groups participating in the the my chart portal system a, a ton 400 other healthcare provider organizations lab networks lab core um all support health records on iPhone. Cool, and including the VA in there is a big deal because you know helping veterans gain a better understanding of their health is is Apple's chance to show gratitude for their service, as says Jeff Williams, Apple's chief operating officer. Uh, by working with VA to offer health records on iPhone, we hope to help those who have served have greater peace of mind. Their health care is in good hands. Now, in in the U.S., we have. Sometimes a difficult relationship with with the VA, just because it's it. Sometimes we're we, we read reports about veterans not getting the services they need, or or the VA facilities and and bureaucracy not living up to the promise of what they should be able to yeah. deliver. So. You know, our, our article says, historically, veterans have had a problem with records of medical treatment scattered across several facilities, vessels, bases, and so forth. The health records integration isn't perfect, as evidenced by a check uh, this morning by one Apple Insider staffer. You know, but, but mm. in our case, some old records housed in Virginia and Hawaii were fully integrated for the first time in 20 years.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: Now, obviously, there are some pitfalls, because if you've got paper records, including some following a departure from service— they may not have been entered or scanned for the record. So, so it's possible for there to be some issues, but we expect, especially over time, that those issues will work themselves out.
1: Yes, and this anything, it's obviously a lot better now than, than it ever has been. The this, this is just the start of a journey, but what a good journey to be on. Excellent. Okay. That's Absolutely. Impressive.
0: Okay. You know, speaking of journeys, I, I like to think about things as sort of lifelong learning, right? Sure. We're all on this journey together, all learning, all all progressing, all trying to better ourselves. Yes. You'd agree with that? Yeah? Yeah, I'm
1: hoping you're leading to an ad read rather than just something you feel I should address in my personal life, maybe my finances or something. But yeah, Well, it's a
0: little bit of both, but I am absolutely focused on your well-being and your, your growth as a person, William.
1: Ah, thank you for it. He said, wearily.
0: <laughs> and that's that's kind of why I want to mention Masterclass. So Masterclass lets you learn from the best with exclusive access to online classes taught by masters of their craft. You could learn how to shoot uh, films. You could improve your writing with lessons from Neil Gaiman. You could learn game design with, with Will Wright. And they have over 60 different instructors across tons of categories. So there's literally something for everyone. Like you, William, mm. you could learn to write screenplays. Okay. Yes. I think, I think that would be excellent. You should totally do that. Okay. Never entered my head before. <laughs> okay. I, there's, there's, I think it would be really valuable. There, You could learn something.
1: Yes, I doubtlessly I could. Yes, I'm just <laughs> convinced with the way you're pronouncing it, pronouncing it the way you, um, you, look like you, you look like you're saying this while <laughs> looking at me that way. So, okay, yes, but yes, it's a really interesting service. Yeah,
0: yeah I want to talk a little bit about Will Wright and, and game development. So Will Wright has a game development masterclass on there. and. The coursework is really exciting. You know, it's it's very heavy on coming up with game concepts and prototyping them. So by the time you you go through this thing, you'll have around 10 or more of your own concepts to work out. And they expect you to prototype these in some way. And they, they later on in the course ask you to create a more complete prototype as sort of a capstone project. And now, obviously, the lectures are bent a little bit towards Wright's kind of games. But these concepts, the high-level concepts, are applicable to any genre. And he points out how. So it's it's really good. And the, the content is good, and the presentation and production values are just the top-notch. It's really, really good. Absolutely. And, you know, Will Wright is 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 especially, you know, he, he was working at Maxis. Um, th- this is a guy who, you know, he's talked at Game Developers Conference, GDC. Um, there is absolutely... Uh, a lot of value here. It's it's a really impressive course. And I highly recommend you check it out. Get unlimited access to every Masterclass. And as an Apple Insider podcast listener, you get 15% off the annual all access pass. Go to masterclass.com slash Apple Insider. That's masterclass.com slash Apple Insider for 15% off Masterclass. So William, <coughs> someone wrote about Apple having a new privacy page.
1: Yes. Well, that would be me, wouldn't it? Yes. Why
0: some some rapscallion, some scoundrel?
1: Well, I'm not Run enjoying about this, this. Anymore, now, but, <laughs>
0: yeah. What What's changed?
1: Well, uh, uh, two things, really. One is a sort of surface change, if you like. It's, it looks very different, um, which is more important than it sounds. Uh, what they've changed is they've made, they've made it like a primer. Anything you're concerned about – is my location safe when I'm using maps? Am I telling people this? There are about like paragraph long descriptions of exactly what goes on and when, and they're really well done. Um, but then they've also added a series of four white papers, um, things on location services, maps, photos, and safe web browsing. It totals about 40 pages of some really specific details of what your iPhone or device uh, does at any one time. And it's it's just laid out, therefore it's very clear and, and really well done.
0: Wild. It's it's interesting because, you know, this is one of the big pushes that Apple has done uh, since Tim Cook became more vocal, yes. right? Obviously, yeah. privacy as a focus started way back with Steve Jobs, but, mm. but Tim has really pushed it forward. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, totally. I mean, increasingly. It's, I think especially this year, actually it's just gotten more and more and more so yeah that's fascinating actually to see to track back and see how much Apple has done because you, you have this thing of you know Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak in their garage they were not thinking about this stuff uh but when did they start and about 10 11 years ago uh, you can see Steve Jobs is already being really vehement about everything it's very impressive um the depth of detail they go into and how passionate they are about it. I, mean, I I am of a mind that you could argue uh, Apple has found a nice differentiator um, that it can champion this and that it's purely a profit thing, um, that this is a really good selling point. And doubtlessly it is, but it wasn't when they started. And, and I actually believe them. I think the efforts are laudable.
0: Yeah. You know, the, the old jobs quote that is still good is, I believe people are smart and some people want to share more data than other people do. Ask them. Ask them every time. Make them tell you to stop asking them if they get tired of you asking them. Let them know precisely what you're going to do with their data.
1: Yes. And of course, he actually said that in a Wall Street Journal conference, Mm -hmm. and in the audience was Mark Zuckerberg. And there's one point where he talks about where Jobs says, um, we at Apple are more concerned than some of our colleagues. And it's like he pauses trying to think of a word to describe Zuckerberg. Some of our...
0: colleagues Colleagues.
1: and without question it's directed at zuckerberg which i mean this is what 2010 or something yeah yeah
0: but the thing is back then in those early days jobs had advised zuckerberg i didn't know that no oh so so the way that jobs uh, jobs was was accessible to other founders not and of course not every every guy with a startup but obviously to ones that were really succeeding in becoming a prominent thing like that jobs was made himself sometimes accessible to and so he would go for walks in his neighborhood and just have little chats and and zuckerberg went for a walk with jobs and had a had a just a a walking chat at least one time yeah
1: okay and
0: i don't know if if it was more than that but but this happened once that that we know of and um it's it's interesting to see how those two diverged. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was also
1: depressing that um, there was reference in the Wall Street Journal's description of it, of all the things that people were concerned about with Facebook, uh, and it was the same then as it is now. Um, so,
0: Well, yeah. this is interesting. So i I was going through the history of all this stuff last night, and I went and laid out – all of the like. Uh, I started back in 2006. So in 2006, Facebook started the news feed and they shared everything you changed to your profile to all of your friends. Oh yes, I remember that. Yeah. It it turns out that people don't necessarily like having all of the changes to their profile broadcast all over. No,
1: that's true. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. In 2007, they started sharing whatever you purchased with your Facebook friends. This was a thing Facebook called Beacon. And so, you know, if you bought something, it blasted out to all your friends. William bought this uh, performance enhancer. Yes. Well, turns out people weren't exactly a fan of advertising that either. No. Okay and and they created an option to allow you to opt out now periodically the problem with facebook is that you opt out of something and they make an update and they opt you back in
1: yes you know facebook and it's yes it's um we've talked about this before i have problems with them and how they handle even trivial user decisions like uh, the sound stuff
0: you want to switch off tough Back on. yeah, yeah. In 2011, the US FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, settled with Facebook over not keeping Facebook's privacy policy. That is, Facebook had to basically admit and settle with the FCC. Facebook had been telling users that third-party apps could access a limited set of data needed for the apps. And the truth was Facebook was giving third parties all of their personal data. In 2013, they had a bug that exposed 6 million Facebook users' contact data to anyone who had any piece of your contact info. So the way this works is when you are in Facebook and you sign up, it says, hey, would you like to upload all of your contacts to us? And they make it really easy to say yes. And when you download your own information... Yes. If you had one piece of information on someone, phone number, email address, just one of those pieces... They had the rest because they had they'd gone ahead and compiled these profiles. And so when you download your information, they gave you all of that person's information. They gave you all of that person's contact info. So if you had just the one piece, you now had all the pieces. Okay. Right. <laughs> Whoops. In 2014, they altered their newsfeed to show either more positive or more negative stories. And they published this as a study in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Basically, they were trying to see how emotions could spread on social media. And so they used every Facebook user as an experiment without your consent to see if they could make you feel bad.
1: Well, you can't knock them for being thorough. Okay, you can. All
0: right. I, I can.
1: Diligent. Yes. That's the word we're looking for.
0: Uh, In in 2015, Facebook cut off third-party app developers from having access to all the data they wanted. The problem is they have no way of knowing or controlling how many developers were using information that they downloaded before being cut off. Yes. Yeah. Right? Cambridge Analytica. Do I need to say anything? (laughs) No. Do I even... And this year, this year, Facebook had a VPN app where they paid teenagers to route all their mobile phone traffic through Facebook servers. Facebook could see everything, what apps they were using, what they did on them. Even if it wasn't related to Facebook, they could see everything for the low price of 20 bucks a user. Now, it did have a cost to them when Apple pulled their enterprise certificate and all of the other infernal Facebook apps, the cafeteria app, the bus schedule app, all of the other things that Facebook used broke. Yeah. Yeah, And then we, we, so one of these third-party app developers sued Facebook, and there have been leaked documents coming out of that case. They they were supposed to be sealed, but now they're they're getting leaked. And basically there are 7,000 pages in total, 4,000 are internal Facebook emails, web chats, notes, presentations, spreadsheets from about 2011 to 2015, and 1,200 pages are marked as highly confidential. And this is all stuff you can view now you can view a few pdfs of the depositions the emails the presentations from this lawsuit against Facebook and what the reason this lawsuit was taking place is because Facebook was playing favorites with who got access to user data how you ask Facebook gave Amazon special access to user data because face because Amazon was spending money on Facebook advertising Facebook also used that to cut off apps that they saw as competitors. So Facebook owns Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp Messenger. Hmm. They cut off the messaging app, MessageMe, because they were afraid that it was becoming too strong and competing with Facebook messaging. So they denied MessageMe user data.
1: I hate to say, but I've never even heard of MessageMe. That sounds like that was
0: effective then. Y- yeah. they They're... They're in in any case, what I'm saying is that Facebook has a history of not being the Sure. Yes. Um, they're not they're not being the best guardian of your privacy, shall we say?
1: Okay. Uh, do we need to throw any allegedly's in here? If so, allegedly. Okay. But yes. Mm. Do Does that do help you? Now? Th- it does actually. I feel a little lighter.
0: Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. So, the the thing that I'm saying is that Apple publishing their privacy statements, publishing all these information, is a good step. the the having Having this Apple privacy push is good. The one thing that's going to happen is that when Apple fails on privacy or has a bug on privacy, that it, it's going to be pointed out as if it's hypocrisy, and that's yeah. not necessarily the case, especially in the case of bugs.
1: Sure. I mean, you've had the FBI saying how hypocritical Apple is when I can't remember what bug it was that happened. But it seemed uh, a, a gleeful overreaction uh, to it when other companies aren't coming close to what Apple is doing.
0: It's right. I, I'm. It's funny. What but, I what I really wish for out of Apple is plain language. You know, it's it's one thing to read the Jobs quote that says ask people ask people every time make them tell you to stop telling asking them right that's great, but the uh, and and the iOS interactions you know asking for bluetooth or asking for microphone are good although it would be helpful to understand why they're asking for example it it leads to misleading user situations where when when you set up carplay they ask if you want to use like carplay use bluetooth and they don't tell you why that's necessary and so people think that it's for audio handling and it's not necessarily for audio handling you know great. i i've you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. for setting up wireless CarPlay is what it's for, because they use Bluetooth and Wi-Fi Discovery to set up the wireless CarPlay link. Um, with you know, and, and, and so people who are experiencing accessibility bugs with Bluetooth hearing aids are blaming saying okay to that as being the problem, and it's not. Ooh. It's an iOS 13 bug. You know, what I'd also like is some clarity around the end-user licenses. You know, you use sign up for iTunes and you have to click agree to 50 pages of legal terms. Yeah, that no one so ever long reads to read them. You no don't one, read them. No one all. reads them. no. They
1: even no include one does. that email me a copy button.
0: <laughs> no. Come on.
1: No. No. Who's person who did a comic strip version of it?
0: Some sort of Oh, there um, was one. There I was one. Like I don't remember. I didn't even read that oh. though. So, okay. No. So we need to, we need more. We need more clarity.
1: Okay.
0: In conclusion, delete Facebook.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, in conclusion, you still can't run shortcuts without
0: the Facebook app, but that's another story. I'm just, I'm just saying if you, if you have to use Facebook, use it through the browser. If you can limit yourself to the groups and friends that you're interested in, not the newsfeed. And, uh, don't use third-party apps with Facebook. And best of all, delete your account.
1: I know, how about we focus on something nice? Uh, this story, uh, as we record this, just broken about uh, another Apple patent to do with uh, watch bands that have wireless
0: antennas well, them. I told you that the watch was going to get 5G before the. Um, <laughs> that's true. You did. Before the AirPods Pro. Didn't I just say that? I was you sure did. I said that.
1: I didn't listen to you. And all these minutes later, <laughs> you're right. That's true. And made that connection.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See? <laughs> right. So there's a patent, or a patent, if you will, that describes using an Apple watch band with an integrated wireless antenna to communicate with external devices. Now, external devices could be a lot of things. They could be yeah. sensors. They could be, um, you know, expanded power in for Wi-Fi or, or Bluetooth. It could be stuff to control other devices. There's, there's a lot there. But the idea is if you can put the antenna and control circuitry in the watch band, then you free up that space in the watch itself. And and furthermore, you could put different wireless uh, control and and antennae, in, so you could do it for different technologies. Now, Lord only knows why on earth you'd want to have Zigbee in your watch band, but it's an interesting discussion. Okay, I don't know who Zigbee is, but I'm sure he or she is vulnerable. Zig, so Zigbee and Z Wave are or Z Wave are different technologies of wireless for home automation. The oh, yes, Philips somewhere. Hue you light bulbs yeah. use yes. Zigbee, and you have to use the Philips Hue bridge to get your Ethernet or Wi-Fi over to the light bulbs.
1: I'm just thinking, and, if and you the advantages do want of that.
0: doing things like that is that you get longer range, and you don't have the same cluttered wireless area because everything else is using the same wireless space for, um, sure. you know, Wi-Fi.
1: But if you do, so want you're not that in the same watch channels. band. Um, are you going to change watch bands uh, because you want to connect to something else? Uh, are all bands going to come that's, with things like this? That's so a
0: difficulty I, here. Yeah, yeah, that's possible.
1: I realised I didn't expect to change my watch band at all because I was quite fine with the um, I can't pronounce it, but the, the sort of rubbery plastic one that the the frankly cheapest watches come band, with. Sport band,
0: sport band. Yeah, there's
1: a more chemical word that I can't
0: pronounce, but it's silicon. Um, I was given a
1: leather strap, it, and then later it's either silicone
0: or whatever. it's FKM rubber. But, yeah,
1: yeah, it's oh, something more than that. I've got to look it up now. C- cover me while I type. Um,
0: no, 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 no. No, I won't no. be
1: able to pronounce it even when I find it. All right, pay, so you but. do
0: that, and I'll tell our listeners, your friends and mine, about ExpressVN. Okay, do. All right. We but were just talking about privacy a few minutes ago, and ExpressVPN is, is a product I've been using for a few months now. And it's an incredibly reliable way to make sure that my network is secure without slowing down my internet speed. Why should you care about encrypting all your data? Well, it's easy for, for, for hackers or malicious people to bypass Wi-Fi security and steal your information. Uh, there, there are exploits like Crack, K-R-A-C-K, that, that allowed them to do this. There were plugins for Firefox for a while where you could use them and load uh, and see what was going on on the network. If you ever use wi-fi at a hotel shopping mall any of those free wi-fi's airports are really bad for this too you're sending your data over an open network meaning there's no encryption at all the best way to ensure that all your data is encrypted and can't be read by hackers is by using expressvpn and all you need to do is download the expressvpn app on your computer or smartphone and then use the internet just as you normally would you click one button in expressvpn app to secure 100 percent of your network data and it's the vastest and most reliable They're recommended as the number one VPN provider by review sites like TechRadar and CNET. ExpressVPN is a company that takes privacy and security to the next level. They invented a technology called Trusted Server to ensure that VPN servers run from RAM and no data logs are written to a server's hard drive, even by accident. If you want the best in online security and privacy protection, Head over to expressvpn.com slash appleinsider for three extra months free with a one-year package. Protect your internet today with the VPN I trust to keep my data safe. Go to expressvpn.com slash appleinsider to get started.
1: William. Fluoroelastomer. And if I've pronounced that wrong, I'm going to claim that's the British pronunciation of it, but I can't get out of the fact that I said it again with a P. Fluoroelastomer, that material. Um, I... I actually find it fine, and I was not going to swap away to buy bands, but I was given one, and then another one came for something else. I have two or three bands, and I do swap between them, and,
0: you know. Alright, like so it. so a fluoroelastomer is basically a fluorocarbon-based synthetic rubber. That's okay. that's all that means, really. I just um, I had trouble
1: with the pronunciation. Um, uh, no trouble with the price, so that's okay.
0: So, FKM, which I mentioned a second ago, is... A, the short form for a fluoroelastomer catam- uh, category okay. that conforms to the the American ASTM standards, and Viton, for example, is a registered trademark of DuPont as a part of those performance kind of elastomers. There's FPM, there's FKM, there's Viton, there's EPDM. Um, Coppe DM, yeah. Well, e- EPDM rubber is ethylene propylene DN monomer, and and. The differences between all these different types of things is their chemical resistance and temperature ranges. So, a fluoroelastomer like Viton or or FKM are higher quality, and we presume that's what Apple's using.
1: Right. I especially chose it for the cheapness, though. So uh, I'm glad to hear that there's more involved. In yeah. But oh, uh, the sorry, the, I I went off down a rabbit hole trying to find out to say that word. It's this whole thing of uh, will you be forever swapping straps if you get one of these uh, Probably. watch bands. Uh, yeah, I'm just curious yeah. to know. Do you don't think Apple would like us to keep buying expensive bands with electronics in it, do you? I can't imagine. Just doesn't sound like them at all.
0: No. Well, but this gets to an interesting point, right? First of all, there's always been in the past some difficulty with the concept of selling an accessory for your accessory.
1: Yes, that's true. Right? Yeah.
0: You can sell an accessory for your main product, right? You might buy a case for your iPhone. Or, yes. you know, originally the watch was an accessory for an iPhone. Now the watch operates a little more independently. So you mm-hmm. can say that the watch is is either a device on its own or it's an accessory for the iPhone. True.
1: Good point. You right. Know.
0: So So buying watch straps is an accessory for the accessory, which is traditionally a hard sell. But in this case, if it lends you that additional functionality you want, it's maybe not.
1: That is true. Actually, yes. I mean, right now, I was going to say right now, band swapping is purely aesthetic, but it isn't. Uh, there are bands that, yeah. Um, my wife Angela has quite a small wrist, so the uh, the band that comes with it, or any band with holes in, it, is tricky. Whereas that one that kind of loops around you suits her better. So there's a practical purpose, but nowhere near as much as having I don't know Wi-Fi or five G based in there.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Apple is set to ship between 20 to 30 million units of the iPhone SE2. And we talked about the idea of an SE2 and what it might be like, but it's coming in 2020, is, is what Ming-Chi Kuo predicts. Yes. And it's thought to be using a, a motherboard similar to the one used in iPhone 11.
1: Oh, yes. Why? Hang on, let's be careful. Last week, you basically talked me into getting AirPods Pro. Don't talk me into getting an iPhone 11, okay? Don't. Well, just stop Well,
0: I'll be a little clearer. Yeah. It may not be the same motherboard as used in the iPhone 11. It's – oh, dear. Excuse me. It's it's going to be constructed like the motherboard using in the iPhone 11, using the same technology to make the motherboard. Um. So so it, it's not going to be just a rebundling of an iPhone 11. No. It's uh, it's going to be using the similar technology to build it. Okay. Now so. we, we do expect that it will use the A13 processor used in the iPhone 11 along with 3 GB of RAM. So it will be in in many ways just as capable if not more than than the iPhone 11 in terms of performance and antenna design and things like that. But there's a the thought that it'll have Touch ID instead of Face ID.
1: Well, that makes sense, wouldn't it? Because Face ID, I believe, is very expensive uh, to it do. Is. So, yeah. Yes. I actually I like Touch ID. I have My iPad has Touch ID, and there are times when you, know, you kind of reach across the desk for it, and it's quite handy to just put your thumb there. You know, you know? Why can't we have yeah. both?
0: Have you used Apple TV Plus yet? Yes, I have. Actually, yes. Have you? I have.
1: Okay, then. So we don't need to talk about it. We both know. That's well. What do you think?
0: I first of all, I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Second of all, the quality is good. In what sense? Just just in terms of streaming, it has the highest bit rate of any four K streaming service.
1: Yes, I was hearing that. Um, and Apple doesn't seem to be shouting about it much, where you're right, I was thinking the morning show looked utterly gorgeous uh, in particular. Yeah.
0: So so what happens here is that when you're streaming video, you, you do a few checks before you set up the video stream or as you're setting up the video stream to see what bandwidth the connection can support. And so there's a wide span, a wide variance from how low bitrate you can send or how high a bitrate you send, based on everything from your own internet connection to the speeds of the links between you and the server, where the video is coming from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if all of those links are optimized, if everything's working the way it should, then you can get as as much as 41 megabits per second at, at peak, an average bit rate of around 29 megabits per second. That's really, really high quality stuff.
1: I don't know how to translate that into what we see. But I do think the images on Apple TV shows are are beautiful. So, yes, they're beautifuler than they would have been. Yes.
0: Yeah. So, basically, it's streaming 1.5 to 2 times the bitrate of an HD Blu-ray disc. Goodness. And about half that of a UHD Blu-ray disc.
1: How does that compare to somewhere like Netflix? Do we know?
0: Uh, not entirely certain. I don't have the specs on Netflix streaming lately. Also, Netflix comes in different
1: quality levels, does not it? And various things when you pay. So, well,
0: so so we'd want to compare compare Netflix 4K streams to Apple TV 4K streams. Right. And And can we do that? I I mean, it's certainly possible, but I, I haven't run those tests.
1: Cool. Nor have I. Didn't even think of them before now. But okay. Yeah. Yes, for some reason I'm more interested in the programs I'm watching than the specs behind them. But well, uh, I so see speaking it a of difference. the
0: programs, speaking of the programs, there's a drama called uh, Hala or Hela, produced yes. by Jada Pinkett Smith, that's going to uh, come to theaters first on November 22nd, and then come to streaming on December 6th. So Apple is releasing movies to theaters ahead of their release on on the streaming service, which is pretty cool. And, and that's very clearly kind of a, a play yeah. to get considered for awards. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Which because they have the awards, form on. Yeah. Right back yeah, on I the, mean, the um,
1: what was it called? Sorry, the 1984 ad that actually played. Well, this isn't theatre thing, but they played it on television in a local market somewhere a couple of weeks before so that it would qualify. Before the Super Bowl, so they could so, qualify for yeah. awards. Yeah. Yes. So they know what they're doing. That's what they're, yeah. well, in this case, at least. Yes.
0: Yeah, and, and we've seen trailers for that. We've also seen a full-length trailer for Servant, which is from M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. And that's coming on November 28th.
1: So, we're
0: going to have a nice,
1: happy November-December
0: Christmas viewing time. Christmas viewing on Apple TV+. Mm-hmm. I have a complaint about Apple TV+. Okay. I have, I have two complaints. First of all, They've, for most of the shows, they've only published three or four episodes. Yes.
1: And you'd rather binge through the whole series? My
0: binge-watching habits are, are crying in pain. I want to see the whole thing. Okay. Well, how about you wait a bit and come back later? No. Okay. Can't help you then. No. Yeah. And the other complaint is about Apple's bungling and mismanagement of Apple IDs.
1: Okay, that doesn't seem Apple TV specific, but I have had some pain points with that as well. What's yours? Apple
0: TV has highlighted it for me once again. Yes. Uh, In order to take advantage of the free year of Apple TV service based on.
1: Oh, yes, yes.
0: Your Apple ID that you used when you purchased your shiny new piece of hardware. Oh, I didn't think of that. Of course, yes you have to sign in as that user among the multiple users that you can now sign in with on TV apps and tvOS. Right, okay, that never
1: occurred to me, yes, yeah.
0: And so I've had to sign in to the Apple TV with the other Apple ID. And, and, And then that's changed all my purchase history and it's changed things I signed in on my phone as well so that I could go ahead and have the TV service on the phone which then switched me out of my test flight Apple ID. Okay. Now, Set why do B. I have a test flight Apple ID? Let me, let me explain the history of Apple ID here for just a second. So okay. there was iTools, which gave you a .Mac email address or, or a Mac.com email address, as it were. And then there was the ability to use AOL instant messenger IDs as an Apple ID for iTunes purchases. So I had one back then. And then AOL Instant Messenger went away and they told everyone, convert your AOL Instant Messenger name into an email name so that you keep all of your purchases and purchase history and stuff like that. And so I converted that to an email address that I already owned. And all my purchase history going back to 2008, 2009 with the beginning of the App Store is on that account. All of my test flight stuff is on that account. But that account is not the Apple ID and I use that Apple ID for also managing my family account for all of the other Apple days for my family, but that's not the one that I use with my iCloud necessarily because with my iCloud, I, if you don't use one that ends in, in dot Mac or in, in um, me.com or Mac.com, which came out of the dot me yes. part of the era, um, then you don't get to take advantage of things like iCloud email.
1: Okay, no, I didn't know that. Okay.
0: Oh, yeah. You have to have one that ends in Mac.com or Me.com to be able to use iCloud email. They they If you used one that has your personal email address as your Apple ID, you don't get to do that. Now, if this sounds confusing, it's because it is. Okay. It's because Apple has allowed history and allowed to, this to be a complete mess and, and not allowed you to unify them in any kind of sensible way. And so here I am with uh, two major different Apple IDs and a handful that I've just simply discarded over the years from the iTools era, because my gosh, I can't, how how many should I keep around, really? Um, you know, And back then they gave you online storage to publish websites on. And so people did this thing where you'd sign up for multiples and then use Apple scripts to combine them into one gross large storage kind of thing. Um, so they're, yeah. they're, uh, there there technically I've reasons. probably had about sixteen different Apple IDs. As it stands Great. now, I have three or four that I maintain.
1: All oh, right, I have three.
0: Okay. It's but it's fairly common for people who've been doing this long enough to have two. Sure. Right? So uh what's i have the solution? i have Go three or four the the solution is complain about apple and shake my fist at the sky because <laughs> they really ought to do better at managing this or merging them so that the purchase history is seen across all of them or that i don't lose my test flight access because i've signed in to get my free apple tv plus this is dumb yeah. it is yes yes can't
1: can't disagree with you there
0: listeners hey everyone out there listening if you've had an experience with Apple IDs that's annoyed you or frustrated you, why don't you write in? Why don't you tell me about that? And if you've watched an Apple TV Plus show and you've really enjoyed it, tell us that too. I, I would like th- to hear how many of you are enjoying them as much as we are.
1: This might only be recognizable to uh, people in the UK, but this sounds like if you've been affected
0: by any of the issues discussed in this program, it's a Okay. <laughs> <laughs> our attorneys are only practicing in these two states but don't worry <laughs> <laughs> affiliate law, fir- law firms will be able to help you in other states as well no we're not yeah. doing that this is yeah. not gathering that kind of. I just want to know because I I, yeah. I I, understand that I have a long history with Apple IDs and that my my having ones for different countries stores is a little outside the norm but, but having an email address and an iCloud one is not exactly that far outside especially if you're a developer for example no, totally. Fairly common for people but who've been doing it a long time. Let's find out. Okay. Yeah, How exactly. will people tell you just, this? Just how alone am I on this one? <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> how will people reach you to tell you this information?
0: They will email me at william at appleinsider.com and victor at appleinsider.com. Okay.
1: That sounds good. And on Twitter, by any chance, will you accept tweets as legitimate currency? At w Gallagher. That's the one. I like that one. It's actually one of my favorites on Twitter.
0: <laughs> one of the best accounts on Twitter.
1: I like to think so.
0: Okay. Don't ask me. It's It's been it's been determined by a wide group of people. Yes. I'm vmarx on Twitter. You can find us on the internet. You can find us at email. Please let us know. William,
1: Yes. what are we going to do next week? Hopefully not uh, talk about how you've talked me into buying advice that isn't quite like an iPhone 11, but close. Um, any Allegedly. Thoughts?
0: Allegedly. <laughs> Um, Any thoughts from you about next week? Is there something coming up at all? You know, there are people that are still holding out hope for a new MacBook Pro, and I don't want to dash their hopes. What I I think we ought to do instead is I want to recommend some apps. Do you mind if I recommend some apps? Sure. Yeah. I'd like to recommend two apps. So there's there's one that I was looking at called ZippyCal. And ZippyCal is a different way of visualizing your schedule and your day. It starts with a, a big circle, a 12-hour circle, and you can switch between day or night of the circle, and it shows your appointments laid out around the 12-hour clock kind of circle, mm-hmm. and then you swipe up, and it shows you the details of them. And okay. what I like about it is that it's an interesting, different visual approach to calendaring. Instead of seeing, here's a grid, and here's a list of your stuff, it gives you a sort of frame of reference, and you can kind of see where your free time falls. I like it. I'm sorry, the other one I want to time, talk about, free time. yeah, I know you don't have any. Yeah. I am aware okay. the, the other thing that I've been using this week that I'm really, really interested in is, um, Oh, uh, Aaron Pierce, Aaron Pierce has got four applications. He's got home run, home pass, home scan and home cam. And as the name indicates, they're all sort of home kit related. And um, homecam, for example, lets you view cameras that you have in Homekit on phone and Apple TV. So my doorbell camera that I have shows yeah. up on the Apple TV. It's fantastic. Sure. Um, Home scan is a way of... of you know, you, with, with these apps, you can go ahead and scan all of your codes and maintain a database of all of the eight-digit codes required to get these devices into HomeKit, which is especially handy because trying to find the sticker or the booklet or taking the device off the wall to get at the sticker on the device – really frustrating. Going ahead and having this as a list of, of things that you can work from – is huge.
1: That's true. Listen, I've really, really yeah. got to wrap up and get out. You could carry this on yeah. without me.
0: Nope, nope. I, I just wanted to mention these two developers and their apps because I think that our listeners, if, if you're using HomeKit at all, go check it out. Home run, home pass, home scan, home cam. We will be back next week. William, say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> all right. Cheers. We'll be back.